It's Vocal Radio 91.1 FM, Chicago's only NPR music station. I'm your host, Biko. The ill is coming through your stereo. It is the top of the 11 o'clock hour, Chicago. And yesterday was a very, very, very busy day yesterday. And as promised, I told you all I had a very special guest coming through in the building with me. He goes by the name of Michael Lip Trot. He's WBZ's journalist and producer. How you feeling, sir? Doing all right. Thanks for having me, Biko. Uh, it's definitely a new day of a new chapter for the city of Chicago. Yes, it is. Let me give you some hand claps first and foremost for even taking out time from your busy schedule. You know, it was a very busy day yesterday, and here you are yet again being a busy man, breaking down things for, uh, you know, for our listeners to hear. Now, first and foremost, man, uh, did you get any sleep? I did. I did. I was here until about 8 or 9 last night. Then I've been up since... About five or so, been here since close to seven, just doing analysis, seeing what's going on, and looking forward to the runoffs. Okay, you ain't getting no sleep. <laughs> you definitely ain't getting no sleep. Now, you know, before we even chime in on the runoffs, man, uh, there were nine candidates once upon a time, and now we're down to two. Uh, can you, you know, give a little? Uh, can you give a synopsis on, you know, what took place yesterday for everyone? So the polls going into yesterday mm-hmm. were pretty indicative that of the nine, four were going to be front runners. Okay. Lori Lightfoot, of course, incumbent mayor. Then Paul Vallis, Chicago Public Schools CEO and former mayoral candidate from the 2019 election. Cook County Commissioner and teacher Brandon Johnson, as well as Jesus Chuy Garcia. Then coming through yesterday, it became apparent that Vallis was going to be in the lead. But still, he did not have the 50% plus 1% needed to take home the title of mayor. Then after that, it was coming through to see who was going to be the second person in the runoff. And just for context, uh, everyone, that when it comes to the mayoral election, you need 50% or more to be elected mayor. And with this vote spread out across nine candidates, someone would have to take a pretty strong foothold of the voter population to get over 50%. And Paul Vallis got 33, close to 35% at one point. Uh, As of right now, Paul Vallis got 33.7% of the vote. Then Brandon Johnson, Cook County Commissioner, was able to get 20, a little over 20% of the vote. So him and Paul Vallis are going to the runoff, Mm -hmm. which brings us to this situation we have where for the first time in over 40 years you have an incumbent mayor who not only was not reelected mm-hmm. but didn't even make it to the runoffs to potentially be reelected. Lori Lightfoot was knocked out in the first round. I, I wanna I wanna ask you too like by chance did you see any hints or eggshells that that kind of put it out to the public that Mayor Lori Lightfoot was not gonna make it to the runoff? Yesterday, no. When it when you look at it, because all the candidates, of course, was showing face. They went out and did the political things. Uh, Chicago tradition of all the candidates getting lunch at Manny's Manny, Deli yeah. in South Loop. <laughs> so everyone showed face and was held their head up high when it came to waiting for the polls to close. But when you ask about where there are hints, a lot of people will look at the past four years and see a lot of the habits and a lot of the things Lightfoot did as indicative of her not 
being the best when it came to keeping those relationships, cultivating those allies that could be the difference between Brandon Johnson getting 20% and her getting 17% of the vote. And it's less than 20,000 votes difference. So that 3%, had she maintained relationships, had she been as kind to the media, had during these trying times been different, it could have been a lot closer of a call between who was that second spot for the runoff. I remember her saying, too, that if things were to go down, she would be the only one that could contend for Paul Vallis if there was a runoff. Uh, and now we have a runoff <laughs> in which we're going to talk about more Chicago. Y'all stick around because uh, we got a very special guest that's going to be hitting our hotline in just a moment. So y'all don't go nowhere. It's Vocal Radio. Vocal Radio 91.1 FM, Chicago's only NPR music station. I'm your host, Biko. I still got Michael Liptrot in the building with us. How are you feeling, sir? Feeling good, man. And I have a very special guest on the line, Chicago. 33rd Ward Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez is in the building. How you feeling? I'm very good, thank you. No problem. Thank you for taking our time to join us. Congratulations, Alderwoman. Thank you. Let's get some. So for people listening, on top of the mayoral elections, uh, all of Chicago's 50 wards had elections where they could elect their representatives, their older people, which are the city council representatives. And there were particularly some that were to watch, like Ed Burke's ward, the 14th ward, as well as Rosanna Rodriguez was facing off against Sammy Martinez, who had endorsements from Chuy Garcia and the Fraternal Order of Police. So, Alderwoman, looking back, how was the race for you? Um, I mean, I, I think that running challenge is always um, a difficult thing to do. Um, we won our first term by 16 votes, so it was not a big margin. And we did organize our hearts out in this ward over the last four years, and we have accomplished a lot of things. So we had a really good project going on uh, that allowed us to, to win. But it was difficult because we were still running against the machine. It was Mel still behind Sammy Martinez. It was uh, George Cardenas behind Sammy Martinez. It was Irish Martinez behind Sammy Martinez. Um, and those people have been doing politics as usual for a very long time, machine politics, right? Um, so they know how to do certain things. So it was difficult, but it was, but, but we won. And I'm very proud. I'm very proud of what we did. So this isn't our first conversation. We've worked together before, particularly covering mental health in the city. From the referendum that passed with the midterm election and recently following uh, Dr. R. Woody, uh, with the Chicago Department of Public Health, and looking forward to a new mayor, what do you want to see from Chicago's next mayor when it comes to mental health? Um, I want to have Trump. I want to have um, an expanded program to address mental health crisis. I want walking practice centers where people show um, when there is a mental 
other cities are doing them, and we need to make sure that we are building structures that will make that possible. But we need to make sure that we are doing it, that we're building these structures in a public. We cannot afford to continue to delegate this work to nonprofits. We have to assume responsibility for our people, and we need to focus that care. And I really look forward to working with, uh, with a mayor like Brandon Johnson um, that has decided to be an investor in SIP and is going to, to make sure that those structures are being built. Okay. And with this, a big part of your job is working with the mayor towards getting things done. For instance, with the Lightfoot administration, you worked towards the treatment, not trauma. How was that experience with the Lightfoot administration? And then how are you yeah. looking forward towards whoever becomes mayor? The, the work that the city council is fairly difficult because of the very life I tried to collaborate with her in the in the bill uh, for treatment of trauma, but she just did not want to, <laughs> which made things very hard for Bill because of the that we have built and because of all the pressure that situation, we were able to get investment in the public mental health centers. Um, I am looking forward to collaborating with a mayor that actually sees the value of this. It is very interesting, actually, that Lori Lightfoot did not want treatment of trauma, but treatment of trauma became uh, a mayor uh, topic at the mayoral election, and a lot of the candidates were talking about it during all of the mayoral forums. So I actually think that treatment of trauma can be realized in in the four years, regardless of who's made it, because we have made it incredibly popular. All right, thank you so much for your time, Alden Woman, and congratulations again. Thank you so much for having me. It's Vocalo Radio, Chicago's only NPR music station. I'm your host, Biko, coming through your stereo, rocking out your morning on this worry-free Wednesday. Throughout the hour, man, you heard a conversation we've had, me and Michael Liptrot with uh, 33rd Ward, Alden Woman, Rosanna Rodriguez, Sanchez, we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, main elections, what led us to where we're at now. And uh, before we even get into this runoff conversation, I think it's only right. We play some winner and some uh, loser mayoral montage for you all. Is that OK? Can we do that one time, Mike? Yeah, sounds good, man. All right, let's get into it. We fought the right fights and we put the city on a better path. No doubt about it. You turned our hope into reality because you believe that a better Chicago is possible. This city has never really been the city 25. that works for everyone. I'm running for mayor to be the mayor of all Chicago. Regardless of who occupies the fifth floor, they will be held accountable to us in every community in Chicago. It's been the honor of a lifetime to be mayor. There's more work to do. Um, and I just want to say thank you all deeply, deeply from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Might as well add some claps in there for that. Shout out to all the candidates that uh, joined this 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 election. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. And now guess what, everybody? We are down to two. Right. We're down to two. And Mike, I, I just I, I want to know like how does something like this happen, man? A lot of different political forces coming together. Make something like this happen, mm -hmm. where you see 
people who've been around for a long time, as well as people who a couple months ago, we didn't know who they were. Paul Vallis ran in the 2019 election and was close to last place. But when you look at all the years he's put into the political game, he's been around for a minute. Versus Brandon Johnson is someone who is newer to the world of government and governmental politics outside of his role as Cook County Commissioner. But mostly his work is as a teacher, going through uh, the teachers' union, teaching in Chicago public schools, and rising up to be endorsed by the Chicago Teachers' Union, but still viewed as more so someone of the people versus Paul Vallis, the former CEO of Chicago Public Schools, where Brandon Johnson worked. You see this difference. And this divide is going to be hit on a lot when it comes to this next month leading up to the runoff. You have a young black man from the west side of Chicago, and you have an older white man that many people view as more conservative and frankly a Republican, but identifies as a Democrat. And these issues of race, crime, education, and transportation, we as a city are going to be looking to see how both of these candidates navigate this and where people's uh, alliances and allegiances fall when it comes to this runoff. Can I ask you, uh, you know, what are some of the policies each candidate is, is, is pushing for their campaign? So both of them are pushing fairly, fairly progressive uh, policies. Brandon Johnson, in particular, is being described as on the left. And one thing that he, among all other nine candidates, is pushing is a tax for the rich uh, real estate transfer tax and rather controversial, but he is pushing taxing those who are in the upper tax brackets of the city's residents. So that's something that's going to be big when it comes to him. And Paul Vallis has a lot of different uh, legislation that he's looking to uh, do, but especially crime, crime and the contrast that him and his campaign created between Lori Lightfoot in the handling of crime and moving forward, his support of police, his support of cracking down on crime. And now that he has beat Lori Lightfoot in making it to the runoff, the test and the question that a lot of people are going to have is, okay, you show that when it comes to crime, you can potentially be better than the incumbent. But when it comes to standing out on your own, what do you have to offer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to know because for me as a parent, education is 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 a big deal for me. You know, uh, I would I would like for my sons to get the best education possible, and in our school system is is it's been a little different. There's been some challenges there. So you know, crime you know crime takes place everywhere. It's really about how can we decrease the crime. But I feel like it does start with the kids as well because we as a generation have to t- touch the next generation to get them to where they need to be to then touch the next generation to get them to where they need to be. And education is, in my books, a huge deal uh, that I feel should be part of that infrastructure. So, man, I, I got to ask you, too, you know, uh, what can people expect leading up to April 4th? They can expect a lot of conversations, a lot of critical conversations and commentary are coming from both the candidates, political pundits, and journalists looking towards making the distinction between these two, as well as 
the idea of what will be the deciding factors. The, the past nine candidates we saw, of the nine, seven were black. And now the idea of is there going to be a black consensus, a consensus with the black vote towards Brandon Johnson, and how will that help him? And with Paul Vallis looking towards what votes were behind his uh, ascension, really, from barely being uh, not in last place last election to now being the front runner by a lot and seeing with the other people who were eliminated. When you look at Chuy Garcia, where will Latin America, when it comes to Chicago, be? Will they be with Paul Vallis or will they be with Brandon Johnson? And even looking at a breakdown of the votes among the wards where you see where is the turnout at. Mm -hmm. And when you look to South uh, Chicago and you see Fifth Ward, 30 percent, uh, 16th Ward, 20 percent, and some wards that had higher turnouts. When you look at the 41st Ward with 45 percent and the 19th Ward, which is on the South, and 55 percent. And how do you invigorate your voter base enough to get them to leave the House enough for them to get an early ballot and mail it in. That's the struggle when it comes to politics for you not only to be convincing enough and have enough conviction that people will look to you beyond whatever the current status quo is, but then enough for them to get up and get out and go vote. Man, look at here. Before we actually end this hour off and cap things off, I want to know, you know, from you, like, what are you looking forward to seeing within our next May? good question crime is a big issue crime is a big issue and it was a sun times poll that showed that the majority of chicago does not feel safe so looking to crime uh, transportation as well as the realities of being young in the city of the cost of living and how will the economy be different and what will the budgets look like to support people who are new to the city move to the city and looking to thrive in Chicago, how can people go and rise up within their class? How can people not only secure jobs, keep jobs enough, and be able to support themselves without struggling to make ends meet? And those are the questions that a lot of us have. And going from young people to uh, middle age and people having families, what makes Chicago a place where someone wants to have a family and stay? People are leaving. A lot of these companies are heading on out. Right. Oh, man, man, man. I appreciate you taking our time to chime in and give everybody an update on what has taken place yesterday as well as uh, what they can expect within this runoff. For those that would like to uh, keep in touch with you and stay in tune, let people know how they can follow you as well. Michael? So I'll be doing updates on Twitter at M underscore Lip Trot, M underscore L-I-P-T-R-O-T as well as on Instagram at Michael underscore Liptrot. But feel free to reach out to me. What are your thoughts? So you can reach out to me through uh, WBEZ.org, as well as email mliptrot at WBEZ.org. I love it, man. That was WBEZ's journalist and producer, Michael Liptrot. It's your boy Biko, the illest, right here on Vocal Radio. Radio.